Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here today to hear from God's word and to praise him and worship him. So please stand with us and let's praise him together.
welcome on this rainy day to all of you who are visiting First Baptist Church and all of you who are attenders and members of First Baptist Church. Thank you for being in God's house today. He is the Al Shaddai. He is Almighty God. There's nothing too hard for him. Uh, in him, all things are possible. So let's go to him right now. And as we bow our heads and close our eyes, you maybe you have a special prayer list. I know we have one at home and a lot of people's names on them right now. Father, I pray that you would bless those on our prayer lists, Lord, those who are uh, going through surgery soon, those who have been through surgery for their healing and for their restoration of their health. Father, for those who are not feeling well today, who are not able to be here, may you give them strength, may you give them healing. You are the great healer, the great physician as well. We thank you for that. God, we pray your blessings upon each one of us today, and thank you for this specific congregation, this specific assembly of believers today. You knew exactly who was going to be here 10,000 years ago. And so, Father, we pray that your word would not return void, but would accomplish the purpose it has. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. And I don't think she's here, but uh, I want you all to know that Michelle Pettit is now officially a United States Federal District Magistrate Judge. She was, yeah, she was installed uh, on Friday, I think it was, and uh, we are, I'm, I'm so thankful anytime judges get installed, especially believers, especially people who know me and like me, <laughs> just in case. You know, you never know. So, but next time you see her, congratulate her. And you know what? Speaking of judges, uh, finally, after 50 years, uh, the decision of the very liberal Supreme Court of 1973 was overturned. Uh, they were trying to legislate by way of judicial edict, uh, but they were overturned. And so we have uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday. But the battle is far, far from over because with the Dobbs decision that was handed down, it sounds good because now there's no federal supposed guarantee uh, to abort babies, but all of the states have hurried up to uh, solidify their position, and California, unfortunately, is one of those states that made it, uh, according to the California Constitution, completely legal and are encouraging people from states where it's illegal to come here, and Governor Newsom even said he would pay uh, for some of their travel and some of the procedure and so on. Uh, so we've got a big job ahead of us because the states are still practicing abortion, uh, many of them are. So let's continue to pray for them. We've got a, a, a video to show you about the sanctity of life right now.
battle's not over. Continue to fight for the right to live with these little children. Um, come on up, Ryan. We've got a few very important announcements, and this one's kind of exciting. So uh, Ryan's going to make an announcement in just a little bit. We're going to have Cindy come and make a couple of announcements. And here's your, com here's your compadre. <laughs> my my moral support for stage presence. Uh, good morning, church. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Okay, uh, real quick, uh, just have an invitation. It's more of an invitation than an announcement, but uh, if you don't know me, I'm Ryan. I um, lead the Navigators Military Ministry for San Diego, uh, along with my brother-in-law, Nate Smith. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we meet here every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. We have a military discipleship Bible study, um, and just a faith community. We're really poor into people who are on active duty. And we have quite a few civilians who come, too. But um, so with that, if you are um, in the military, in the Navy, or whatever, and you're looking for uh, a faith community centered around living it out on, while you're on active duty, uh, come out Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Um, when training allows, obviously. Now with that, uh, a lot of you hear about what we do, but you don't get to see it very often. Uh, so I want to invite anybody who wants to come to just kind of be a fly on the wall and see what it looks like on Tuesday night with our military discipleship group and um, on Tuesday night at 6. So feel free to come and join us. And we have a special guest speaker coming this Tuesday. Um, he's, his name is Jerry White. Some of you may know him. Some of you may have read some of his books. But he's, uh, he's a retired uh, two-star Air Force general. And uh, he led the, the Navigators as president of the Navigators for like 20 years um, he started his service to the Air Force back in 59, and so he's really been a gift to uh, the body of Christ and to the Navigators for, um, for decades, and he brings a lot of wisdom and just a lot of encouragement, and uh, he's going to bring a message to share about living out your faith and making disciples and building the kingdom of God on Tuesday night at 6, so please feel free and come and join us and just kind of check out what we do, and hope you'll be, I know you'll be encouraged uh, by Jerry's message, so that's it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan, so much. Two-star general in the Air Force, so come on out and be with them. I appreciate what they do every single Tuesday night up here, fill it up with uh, guys and gals in the military. If you're a first-time guest here, I would ask, to ask you to do me a favor. Take one of these cards, connection cards, and the seat backs in front of you. There should be a pen close by as well, and fill that out, and then if you'll give it to us at the end of the service or put it in the offering box, which is to the left of the double doors as you came in, uh, we'll get the information. We'll be able to send you a Starbucks gift card. You'll be able to buy at least one and a half cups of coffee uh, if it's on the same trip. Uh, so uh, go ahead and fill those out. Thank you so much for visiting. My apologies to you from uh, different places that the weather out there. But you know what? It never rains in Southern California. This is just, uh, this is God's tears of joy overflowing in San Diego right now. We're so glad to have everyone here. We're going to be uh, voting on the budget next week, so if you want to pick up one, they're on the table right by the sound booth. Go ahead and pick those up. Check them out. If you have any questions, let us know. Military meal will follow this the, on the patio, and then the windsurfers meet uh, right now. So if you're a teenager, middle school, or, or uh, young teenager, you can go ahead and meet with them right now on the patio. Tuesday, the Navigators, Wednesday, BSF, and Men of Resolution, Thursday, uh, Nancy Trotter's Bible study, Friday. We have Bible studies every day or night of the week, just about, so please check your uh, information uh, in the bulletin. That gives the locations and the times and all of that. Next Sunday, a biblical worldview on talents. 
and business meeting to ratify our new trustees that we're going to present. Ladies, okay, Cindy, come on up and make an announcement, a couple of them actually, uh, uh, for the ladies, of interest to the ladies. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Uh, this is our annual announcement to uh, invite you to join us at the Women of Resolutions course that we'll be providing starting in February. So my name is Cindy Wilson, if you've never met me. I'm part of this ministry, which started in San Diego and is here at First Baptist, too. We are dedicated to equipping women to live out biblical womanhood. In my experience, women tend to have one of two reactions when this topic is talked about. Either, I don't think I need that, or they look like a deer caught in the headlights because they're thinking about the S word, submission. But do you know what the Bible says about a woman who resolves to live her life God's way? Proverbs 31:25 tells us, she is clothed with strength and dignity and laughs without fear of the future. What woman doesn't want that? Just 27 verses into God's word, he calls us male and female. God's greatest calling on our lives is our womanhood. And in Christ, that is where our power lies. It's no wonder the current culture is trying so desperately to destroy what God so beautifully made. I'd like you to prayerfully consider our upcoming course, 14-week study of biblical womanhood. It's a specific call to deepen your walk with God and further embrace the woman he has called you to be. We are going to clear up some misconceptions and half-truths on all the major struggles that most women face and learn to be content in our current season of life. Our study will begin the week of February 12th. A sign-up sheet is coming around. We will contact you with the options for date and time of our study. And gentlemen, <laughs> you are welcome to inquire about our partner ministry. I think that's already happened this past week, and you guys are starting very soon, right? Um, yes. Last year, God blessed both ministries here at FBC, as we also, in addition to all the individuals who signed up and went through the course, we actually had two married couples doing the courses simultaneously, the wife and women of resolution, and the man and um, men of resolution, and we saw so many blessings in that family and that marriage, so I just wanted to encourage you. Ladies, God loves you. He knows the desires of your heart. Come join us in learning more about his way. It's right and it is good. Do you want me to bring up the other stuff? Okay, so uh, the women's retreat, we have 24 to 36 spots. I believe only eight people have signed up. It's a $50 deposit. Um, come see me in the back afterwards, and if you want to sign up, I'll have the stuff there. We're also doing a church viewing of The Chosen on Saturday, February 3rd at 3 o'clock at Mission Valley. We have the tickets provided, but they're limited, how many tickets we have. So if you're interested in that, I'll be back there too with that sign-up. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate it. All right. Did, did we get everything, all the announcements made? We get all the videos shown? You want to sing? Y'all want to sing? Let's yes, stand sir. together as we sing and worship the Lord. Sure and steady anchor in the 
Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for that. You may be seated in the auditorium. Let's find out how many have the sword of the Spirit in your possession right now. Let me see it right now. Hold it up high. Look at all over the place. We've got the Word of God. It is the sword of the Spirit, the only offensive weapon in the armor of God that he gives to us. So go ahead and, and get ready to open that up. But first of all, boys and girls, come on up before you go to class. I want you to come up here. What 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 am I going to do with this? What am I going? You guys ever see one of these? It's a ruler. Yeah. It is. Is is it a regular ruler? Yeah. Regular? Is it a foot long ruler? Yeah. It's what you said it. It's a yardstick. So that's a whole yard right there. So what in the world? What what do you think you do with these? You measure stuff. That's right. That's exactly. So I'm going to use it to measure uh, our lives today. Now, how many inches are in a yardstick? Anybody know? 36. 36 inches. And so if we take one inch equals two years of our life, that means this would be representing 72 years. Now, the Bible talks about three score and 10, right? So if you live to be three score and 10, which is 70, which is in my rearview mirror, uh, <laughs> which is a very sobering thought at this point in time, uh, then, then if, you, if you live to be 72, that's about that, three score and 10. Now, let's suppose uh, this is your life, okay? Each one of you, but you're different ages. How old are you, William? Three. Oh, he's three. Okay. How old are you? Twelve. How old are you? Nine. Okay, so we got different ages. Let's just take a, an age. Let's say 10. Let's say you're 10 years old. Anybody here 10 years old? You're 10 years old. That much is gone. That much is gone. You've already lived that long. Now, out of this, you have about, let's see, that was five inches, so you have 31 inches. So about a third of that, you're going to sleep. That's the theory, about a third of it. And about another third of it, you're going to go to school full-time, or you're going to be at work or whatever for most of your life. So that's, that's two-thirds of it. And then you got to eat, sleep, and, I mean, eat and, and get ready and shower and shave and, and all that kind of stuff. And so you actually only have about this much, look, look here, about this much of it left over. That's about how much you really have that's not already obligated. So it's very important that you use the time God gives you very, very, very wisely. And now is the time to serve God. Don't wait. Someday you say, well, I'll start serving God when I'm, you know, an old guy like 20 years old. But uh, don't wait that long. Start serving God now in your youth, and God will bless you for it. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help each one of these young people to live their lives for the glory of God. I pray, God, that you would help them to work for you, labor for you, I pray that you would help them to believe in you, that they would not be swept around uh, about with every false wind of doctrine, that they wouldn't be turned against you by some, uh, someone who, who hates you and doesn't love you to begin with. So, Father, may your blessings be upon each one of them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Last week, I said I meant to bring some apples here, and because Miss Pat wasn't here, I forgot. So now we have apples for everybody. So go ahead and take an apple and go on to your classroom. And yeah, you can eat it. You can. Yeah, no, it's not wormy. It's not even wax. It's real. Okay. That's exciting, isn't it? 
You never know what they're going to do. You never know. Okay, so, so let's, let's take an average age out here. I don't know what the average age would be. Let's just say, let's pick a, a year, 40 years old. If you're 40 years old, well, there went 10 years of your life over there. And if you're 40, you've really got that much left over. And, and again, uh, about three inches of it, representing about six years, if you average out seven hours of sleep a night, uh, times your, your lifetime, then that's, you know, you can't really do a whole lot when you're sleeping, so that's gone. And then uh, if you're working or going to school full time, then that's gone. It actually took a little bit more than it was supposed to there. Uh, <laughs> and and then, then you've got the, you know, bathing and, and eating and things like that. And holy cow. Oh, boy. Well, there's part of it. <laughs> Let's pretend like that's the handle, and I, and I hold, hold the rest of it. <laughs> that's all you've got for being sick. That's all you've got for going on vacation. That's all you've got for whatever it is you've got left to do if you're 40 years old. Now, I used to do this illustration, and I would use my actual age. I can't do that anymore. Be- because quite, fr- quite frankly, I, I run out of ruler way before I get to the last point of my, of, of my illustration. So, you know, what this proves to me and shows to me is that life is fastly, uh, is quickly going away for me this, in this life. And it may be for you as well. It may be going faster than you think. You only have uh, so much. You think you've got your whole life ahead of you. And I know you guys that are 20, 21, 22, you're bulletproof. You're going to live forever, and nothing's going to keep you down. You're, you know, you're going to be 150 years old, whatever. No, you're going to feel like you're 150 when you're about 70, but, but you're not going to be 150. So the last two weeks, we've, so we're going to talk about time today, a biblical worldview on time. How important is time, and what, what should we think about it? The last two weeks, we taught what the Bible said about two different topics, about debt, first of all, and the short version is this. Don't go into debt. Don't incur debt. Secondly, we talked about being generous and giving God his tithe, as well as giving to people who have needs. We have a responsibility to help those around us who are less fortunate and less blessed than we are. So all of those two messages are archived. If you get a chance, they're on our website, either, um, either the YouTube under First Baptist Church Coronado or Facebook in the same title. You can go there and find that. Now, God is the ultimate force exercising creation or action in everything. It it involves time, space, and matter. Think about this. When creation occurred, all three had to happen at the same time. There had to be time that it was the creation that took place. There had to be a space where it took place, and there had to be matter that was created. They all had to come. You couldn't have matter without having time and space. You couldn't have uh, space without having time and, and, and whatever the other thing was. So uh, time, space, and matter. So what is time? Isaac Newton said time is absolute. Albert Einstein said time is relative. Karl Marx said time was invented by clock companies to sell more clocks. <laughs> and I'm not sure he really said that, but... Um, Time is matter moving through space, and we are literally moving through space. We're moving through space right now, outer space, in what is called oftentimes in the Bible the third heaven, and we're moving through our own personal space uh, as we march on minute by minute, 
hour by hour, week by week, day by day, and week by week, um, and year by year. And the march that we're on through time is relentless. It doesn't let up. It's impossible to recover or reverse. You can't, I don't care what you see on Facebook. You're not going to get some kind of a cream. It's going to take 10 years off your life. It may take 10 years off your lifespan, but it won't take 10 years off your life. Uh, so it goes faster and faster every day. Now, an interesting factoid, this is no big deal, but an interesting fast factoid is the earth rotated faster than usual on June the 29th, 2022, resulting in the shortest day in modern history, according to NASA. In, in an August 12th blog post, the agency explained that June, June 29th was 1.59 milliseconds shorter. <laughs> That's a bunch, huh? Uh, in a standard 24-hour day, which is roughly 86,400 seconds long. Now, I know that's not, it's negligible. It's not, even a, it's not even worth mentioning other than the Bible says one day in Matthew 24, verse 22, one of the prophecies out of Jesus' mouth through his lips, he says, and except those days should be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So the day of the Lord is coming and God will actually shorten days. Meanwhile, I'm living a life which seems like every day is a little shorter than the day before. It just absolutely, do you remember, does anybody here remember when you were in school and you were waiting for summer vacation? Yeah, me and you, Bo, for sure. Yeah, Chuck. Uh, you know, and by the way, it's a communist plot to have year-round school. I just want you to know that. that uh, you robbed all them American kids of their summer vacation. Shame on you. Uh, but, uh, but I can remember longing for I can remember it seemed like it took forever. It took forever for the summer to roll around. And now it's like months just fly by. It's just incredible. So the time we, we have is not tomorrow. It's not the next day. It's not next week. It's not next month. I know you've got plans. Maybe some of you have vacation plans for later this year. But you know the only time you really have is right now, this moment, today, is the only day. So what are we doing with our time and our lives? So as I talk about biblical worldview on time, uh, someone, perhaps several someones have said, rightfully so, time is life. Time is life. Miss Pat always told our son, one of her, the favorite sayings she has, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And you know, that's true. Today is the first day for the rest of your life. The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to say just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. Now is the only time we own to do this precious will. Do not wait until tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. God has put us in charge of the time he's given. You know, we, we think of, uh, of the things that we're responsible stewards over, and we think about our money, we think about our abilities and, our, and, and all, but, but time is one of the most precious things that God gives to us. Now, a person who's put in charge as a manager must be faithful or worthy of trust. So we're to be faithful with our use of time. You and I are to manage our time profitably. Uh, if you read the word steward in some of the English translations, the word of God you have, uh, that literally means uh, faithful. So technically, and, and, and means to manage our time. Uh, so technically, a steward is a manager of that which belongs to another. Uh, I'm taking care of things that belong to God. 
We came into this world absolutely naked. We're going to leave this world absolutely naked. We can take nothing with us except that which we've sent ahead by the way of our faithfulness in serving God on this earth. So time is God's and God's alone to give or to take away. And there's coming a time when there will not be time, and God will take care of that. It's called eternity. So let's sort out what we're supposed to be doing with our time, such as we have, and consequently with our lives. The first point is this, the management of time, and I want you to consider the Sabbath day. In, Ezekiel, in Exodus, rather, chapter 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day? Remember the Sabbath day is which day of the week? Seventh day of the week. Not the first day of the week. That's Sunday. The Sabbath is the seventh day of the week. To keep it holy, God's Word says, which means consecrated, set apart to God. We remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, set apart to God. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor any stranger that's within thy gates. This was a covenant relationship, uh, one of the parts of the covenant relationship that God had uniquely with the children of Israel. They were told to mark the Sabbath. They were told to keep the Sabbath. And the way they kept it was by having it as a day of rest. It was under the law governing Israel. It It was commanded. But the principle applies to us today. Is it a day of worship? Actually, for the Christian, every day is a day of worship. We're to worship God. We're to blow kisses to him. We're to praise his name every day. So the Sabbath is not a day only of of worship. It is a day of rest. And and I want you to, I've used this illustration several times, and you've probably heard it, but uh, I worked at a steel mill processing plant in in the Chicago Heights, Illinois, between years going to school and high school and then later on in college. And uh, we would work nine-hour days, six days a week, nine-hour days, six days a week, and, and put out whatever, however much product they, they sold. Well, they, someone with a white helmet decided they had a great idea, and they were going to work six days, seven days a week, six, uh, nine hours a day. Instead of, instead of just six days a week, going to go seven days a week, nine hours a day. What do you think happened to the productivity? Went through the floor. It absolutely went through the floor. People were too wore out. People needed that day of rest. And you know what? Whether it's machinery, it needs, a, it needs rest. It needs, it needs re, a time to attend to the needs. It needs your car, your car. You can't just run your car nonstop. You've got to change the oil every once in a while. By the way, I read that a Bucati oil change is $20,000. That's like what I pay for some cars, you know. I mean, I, talk, uh, I bought a house cheaper than that one time uh, for oil change. Uh, why did I say that? I don't, anyhow. Oh, because you've got to keep it maintained. You've got to keep it tuned up. You've got to keep the oil fresh, and you've got to make sure it gets lubricated. If you don't just run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it with no maintenance, it's going to break down. Any machinery will do that, and your body will do that, and your mind will do that. Some people who have psychotic episodes, or for sure neurotic episodes, do so because uh, their minds have not had time to rest, to recoup, and and to to just sleep, and to to give the stress to God, and to to just relax from life a little bit. I mean, uh, 
those things, so everything will break down if we don't have that rest. So the Sabbath under grace is different. Paul wrote in Colossians 2.14, he says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to, to us, and took us out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Let no man therefore judge you, listen to this, in meat or in drink or in respect of the holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So the Mosaic law uh, binding upon the Jewish nation is not binding upon us. It's not part of our covenant relationship with God. Um, it, it doesn't mean we're to ignore that. Again, the principle applies because we all need rest and we are to worship daily. It was a day created uh, as a day of cessation of work and a day to, to just take it easy. Now, God established that by six days of creation and then having the Sabbath day. Now, point out something. God didn't get tired and have to rest on the seventh day. He's omnipotent. He had plenty of energy, but he set it as an example and as a principle for us to live by. So time absolutely belongs to God. He gives us seven days a week. He gives us 168 hours every week. Every single one of us have that. How do we use it? Do we use it for the glory of God? Do we use it for the glory of self? Do we use it pursuing things that would be of benefit or things that are wasteful? Time must be used and or given back to him in various pursuits. We are not to waste time because, again, time is life. Benjamin Franklin said, do you love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff life is made of. Our example is the Lord. The Lord gave us a great example. In Luke chapter 2, verse 49, he said unto them, as a young boy, as a 12-year-old, like, like one of the, the young ladies that was up here, 12 years old, he was in the temple, and he said, how is it that you sought me? Knew, know you not that I must be about my father's business? As a 12-year-old, that's why these kids can be serving God. They can be praying. They can be uh, vacuuming up a little bit. They, they can be doing things for God and for God's house um, at, at young ages. Um, Jesus set the example. Uh, later as an adult, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is yet day, for the night comes when no man can work. One of these days, our work will be over. One of these days, uh, we won't have uh, short nights uh, five and a half hour nights because of all the stuff that has to be done. One of these days, uh, we'll be with him forever and ever. And Jesus was occupied with doing what his father wanted him to do. And he did it very, very faithfully. He was uh, faithful with the little time he had. He had 33 years. That's less than half of what I've already had. 33 years, he turned the world upside down. He would spend time in the temple. He would spend time uh, it, it, taking rest. He would spend time eating with his disciples and with the crowds when he would feed them. He would take time to pray. Often he would go to the mountaintop, and there on the mountaintop he would spend time in devotion to his heavenly Father. He is our example. First John 2, 6, he that abide, says he abides in him ought also to walk even as he walked. So what about the peculiarities of managing time? What What, what is there about time that is, is kind of peculiar. First of all, it's, it's, a, it's a fleeting thing. It's ever moving. You can't just hold it in your hands. You can't just, one of our young guys was out there trying to catch drops as they came off the roof over there. 
and you, you, can't, you can't hold it there. Job 14, 1 says, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. These flowers right here are memorial for uh, Patty uh, Wyatt, whose service we had here yesterday. Used to sit right here, Doc, where you are, right in, about in that area. And um, they're beautiful. They're beautiful flowers. But you know what's going to happen to those flowers in a couple of days? They're going to wilt. They're going to turn brown. They're going to they're fall off. The petals will fall off. And that's what the Bible says our lives are like. It's fleeting. It's like, a, it's like flowers that, that bloom and then they wither. It's like a shadow. Shadows uh, go before us, walking out in the sunshine, and then uh, depending on which direction we're going, they'll go away. They, they, they flee and, and they continue not. Uh, the shadow doesn't stay in one place. It's gone after you walk by. It's here and then all of a sudden it's gone. That's the way life is. Once used or spent, it can never be reclaimed. It can never be lived over. I sometimes ask myself, what would I do differently in my life had I had it to do over again? And, and it's, it's all just theory. It's all just uh, fun and games thinking about it because we can't do it. We can't go back and undo anything. Oh, what was that I saw on Facebook a couple of weeks ago? It said, you can't, you can't change the past, but you can change the future by what you do today. And that's a, that's a great thought. Uh, time is a valuable commodity like I said, it's, it's actually life. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only day you have. That's why the Apostle Paul says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. You say, and, and again, young guys and gals, you may say, you know what, I'm, I'm sowing my wild oats. You know what happens if you sow wild oats? You reap wild oats. That's what happens. You reap what you sow. But if you say, well, one of these days I'm going to become a Christian. One of these days I'm going to put my faith in Christ. I'm going to trust him for salvation. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be separated from God for all of eternity. So someday I'm going to. Problem is you may not have someday. People die every single day. Every day people pass away who didn't intend to, didn't plan on it. So today is the day you have. So you would look. you should look into your heart right now. You should see if... If the Holy Spirit of God's not indwelling you right now, you need to ask God to forgive you of your sins and to be your Savior, and today would be a great day. Time can't be banked, can't be drawn upon only when we want. It's continually being spent whether we're awake or asleep. I, my dad told me when he was a lot younger, he decided that uh, you know, as a young guy, he was going to sleep as little as possible because he didn't want to miss out on life. Well, that lasted about three or four days, and... <laughs> You know, start falling asleep, driving to work, or something like that. So uh, you can't bank it. You can't. You can't beat it. It's it's going. It's slipping. It's like it's like if you have a dream and you're on the beach, and you're picking up gold coins. You know, and you, and you start waking up, and it's like, no, I don't want to wake up. And and it just all goes through your finger. There's nothing there. That's the way time is. So daily, what should we do? How should we manage our time? By the way, it doesn't happen automatically. And by the way. Electronic devices steal a lot of our precious time. Management requires proactive scheduling and devotion in prayer, communion with the Lord, in the Word of God every single day. Let me ask you a question. When do you personally meet with God every single day? Well, preacher, 
I try to, if you try to, you're not going to do it. You got to do it. I got a calendar on my, on my electronic device, and on my calendar, I put things that I, you know, I got my wife there, right there, too. And what was I saying? So you put things on your calendar that are important for them to be there. So, so maybe what you need to do is put on your calendar, uh, meet with God at a certain time every single day. Pick a time that's going to be open. Pick a, mine's uh, about 7 o'clock in the morning. I get up about 6.30, sometimes a little before, sometimes a few minutes later, but about 7 o'clock. Sit down and read the Word of God and, and talk to God and let Him talk to me. Uh, when do you routinely meet with God? If you don't have a routine, you probably don't meet with Him very often. What about in witnessing? How often do we go bearing the precious light of the gospel? I'm, I haven't forgotten about that plan that I want us to do. I've, got a, I've just got Saturday a, a map about this big of Coronado, and it shows all the streets, and it, sh it shows the blocks. It, it doesn't show each individual house. That's what I really wanted, uh, but it shows all the blocks. And what I want to do, I'm going to order these uh, Gospels of John, but they're not just regular like you know, paper deals. These are beautiful, like books, like the kind you put on a coffee table or whatever, and full four color, uh, Gospel of John, uh, and they're incredible. And I want us to, everybody who lives in Coronado, I want you to take a section where you live and go around that block, all the way around that block, and then come in and fill it in on Sunday and go to each house. We'll give you a little script, but talk to them about, hey, I'm your neighbor. I live right down here, down the street. And I, I just I, I go to First Baptist Church, and we just want you to know that if we can ever be a blessing to you, we're, we'll be glad to do so. And could I leave this book with you? And if you have any questions, give us a call. Uh, that's what I want you to do. So be thinking about that. Be praying about that. We'll get those and get it rolling after we get through Stewardship Month here this month. So witnessing. Maybe you'll have the opportunity to talk to someone about Christ. Maybe you'll have the opportunity to be persecuted. Yeah. You might. Someone might slam the door in your face. You'll get over it. Assuming your face wasn't too close to the door, it won't even have an effect on you, hardly. It's an honor to suffer persecution for the name of Christ. It really is. That's what the disciples said. They would rather, they, 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 they appreciated that opportunity. So how do we go about bearing witness to the light that is within us? How do we tell, how often do we talk to people? How do we guide conversations around to let them know that Jesus loves them, no matter what they've done, no matter where they are in life? Let 2024 be the year that you meet with God daily and that you talk to God daily and that you tell others about God daily. Walking in the wisdom of God <clears throat> is redeeming the time. Paul said, redeeming the time in Ephesians 5, 16. But the word usually used for time is chronos in the Greek, chronological, we get the word from. But this word in Ephesians 5, 16 is not chronos, which is the succession of minutes, hours, and, and days. Rather, it's kairos, which is pretty amazing. Which Kairos is a season or period of opportunity, and there is no English equivalent word. It, 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 the best we can do is say it's a, it's a season or a period of opportunity. So redeeming the seasons or the opportunities to do something is about as close as we can come in translation. Because why? Because the days are evil. The days are wicked. The days are amoral. The days 
are disgusting in the sight of God. The days are demoniac controlled, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse, I believe. What about Sunday? Again, we mentioned, although the Jewish Sabbath is not binding on us, uh, and he spells that out in the book of Colossians, the, he does talk about the Lord's Day, which is uh, the first day of the week with a gathering. The English word church is a called out assembly. This is an assembly. This is a church. You may not be a member here, but you are a, a part of the ecclesia, the called out body of believers, called out from the world to come apart uh, to a specific place to worship and to praise God and to hear the word of God preached. So in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the what? First day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher where Jesus was. All four Gospels reference the first day of the week and how important they are to the Christian, to the child of God. So you, you ever wonder why we went from Saturday to Sunday? It was because Jesus rose from the dead on the what? First day of the week. That's why we started worshiping the Lord on the first day of the week. All four Gospels talk about it. So there's the book of Acts and the first letter to the book of, Cor of Corinth, to the people of Corinth. So in Acts chapter 20, upon the first day of the week, the disciples came together to break bread, and Paul preached to them, uh, ready to depart on the, on the morrow and continue his speech till midnight. How would you like that? If I got up here and preached till midnight, wouldn't that be a blessing? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Okay. First, I'm no Apostle Paul. I can guarantee you that. Um, 1 Corinthians 16, now concerning the collection of the saints, as I've given unto the church of Galatia, even so do you, upon the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, there be no gatherings when I come. Furthermore, in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what else? Number three, the spiritual prophets of managing time well. You realize if we manage time well, our days may be longer than what they otherwise might have been. Honor thy father and thy mother so that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God gives you. There's a promise. If we manage things right, our relationship with our, with our parents, that we may have a, a lengthened life. Compare this or contrast it rather with John chapter 5, verse 16. If someone says his brother is, is sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them. And sin, shall, and sin not until death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say you shall pray for it. So there, is, there are sins that we can commit that will hasten our death, whereas there are other things in obedience to God we can do that might actually lengthen our time. When we choose to manage time right, God becomes our partner. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's garden and, and you are God's building. God is planting in you, working in you, and God is building you. He has his provision, his protection, and his presence. And there are eternal rewards. There are absolutely eternal rewards. Uh, the Lord says, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household and to give them their portion of meat in due season? There are rewards here and there are rewards for eternity because the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And guess what? In addition, I will dwell in the house of the Lord for 10 years, forever, forever, forever and ever. I have only just a minute, just 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it.
Remember, time is life. One, one, more, one more last point, the urgency of time. Romans 13, 11, and that knowing the time, again, the, the kairos, the season of the opportunity, that is now high time, ripe, full bloom, to awake out of sleep, spiritual lethargy uh, and spiritual sleep. For now is our salvation, our deliverance, nearer, closer in time than when we first believed. I first believed in the Lord Jesus Christ almost, well, 69 years ago. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, my Savior. Guess what? We're 69 years closer now to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The night is far spent. Time of darkness is drawing to an end. The day or the sunrise, the day of the Lord is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Metaphorically, put off your night clothes, put on your day clothes. Put on the armor fit for the daylight to do battle with, with Satan. Let us walk honestly, decently, as in the day, not in rioting, feastings and revelings, but and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, referring to having illicit, intimate relations and debauchery, not in strife, envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. This is our stewardship month. This is a month to go over our management of our time, our talents, our treasures, everything that God has put within our hands to utilize, not for ourselves, but for his honor and for his glory. So Paul said it's now time to know the times. These are the days of great opportunity for God. I have all these friends who, preacher friends, who move around to churches uh, God calls them one place, then another, and, and, and they say, Preacher, why are you still in California? Why, why are you there? The, the, the government's out of control, and they are, uh, and, and, and why would you stay in a state like that? It's crazy there, because this is where God called me. This is where God called me. I, he brought me to the mission field. California has been for the last 50 years for me a mission field. And you know what? Your light shines brightest in the darkest night. You, put, you light a candle in daylight, it won't do a thing. You light a candle at nighttime, it'll light your path. So I understand. I understand, Debbie, why you're going to go. I understand. I don't blame you. I would if it weren't, if it were God's will. I'd, I'd love to move to, move to Tejas or uh, Tennessee or Kentucky, the state of my birth or somewhere like that where they've got some sense of sanity still. But this is where God called me. It's time to know the times. It's a great opportunity for serving God. It's also time to wake out of spiritual lethargy. So next, uh, next not next week. Um, two weeks, because I finish up next week on uh, the biblical worldview of talents and what to do with the talents God has given to you, abilities God's given. We will uh, we'll have these commitment cards, and basically uh, it, it says it says I or we, if, if you're filling that out as a couple, want to be good managers of every aspect of my our lives. Those are the preferred pronouns. My and our lives. That's a joke. Um, realizing, if you have to explain it, uh, realizing that desire alone is not enough, I or we, therefore, want to commit to the following 
for this coming year. And it talks about our time, committing our time, reading God's word daily. If you're going to do that, I want you to check that and just say, for the rest of 2024, to the best of my ability. Now, I understand things may happen. I understand you're not saying, I will, you know, God help me and so help me. May I die if I don't do it? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about you're going to purpose and plan to read the word God daily, every day. Check that. I'm going to pray and talk to God every day. I'm going to attend church on Sundays. Uh, And then the talents. We've got opportunities for children's ministry helpers, for sound and computer crew, and they do an incredible job, um, and so do our children's ministry teachers and helpers. Uh, praise team, music ministry, maintenance help, hospitality, greeters, uh, and I want to commit my treasures. I will begin giving offerings systematically. I will begin tithing. I will be giving uh, offerings above the 10%, and I will commit to getting out of debt. And if that's what you're planning on doing in 2024, that's your heart's desire, then what we're going to have you do is fill these out and bring them up here and put them on the altar uh, two weeks from today uh, saying, God, this is my plan. If you don't have a plan, it's going to show. Nothing will change. 2024 will come and go, and we'll be talking about 2025 and wanting you to do stuff then that you should start doing right now. So it's time to awaken out of spiritual lethargy. It's time to be clothed in light, not darkness. The world around us is absolutely getting pitch black with darkness. It's time to put off the works of the flesh, put on the armor of God. It's time to manage our time wisely. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our Father in heaven, I'm so grateful and thankful for the word of God that gives us instructions, helps us to know how to live, helps us to know what things are important. And God, I even thank you for Ecclesiastes that talks about for, every, for everything, there's a time and a season under heaven. And this is a time for getting serious about God. This is a time for turning our lives over to him. This is the only time we have is right now. Some of us, some of us may not even have tonight. That's just reality. But God, what time we have, may we dedicate it to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please, as we have our invitation? And what this is, an opportunity for you to come and say, Preacher, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. I'd be glad to pray with you and talk with you. My wife's down here, ladies, if you want to pray and her to pray with you and talk with you. Guys, you come on down and see me. Uh, Ryan, where are you? Right here, right in front of me. Okay, so guys, you can talk to him as well. Uh, and, and just... Where, Cindy, where are you? Right over here, right in front of me also. Ladies, you can talk to her as well. But let's go ahead and do what God wants you to do right now. Dedicate this year, 2024, to him as the invitation is given.
reminders. Terry, where are you? Right here, yes. He's going to be right down here. So any men who haven't yet signed up for Men of Resolution, please find Terry right down here in the side, uh, and, and he'll sign you up. Ladies of Resolution can sign up in the back with Sherry. Also, the Ladies Retreat can sign up back there, and probably something else that I'm not remembering right now because my mind is too full. Uh, um, that's, mm, no, yes, next Sunday, yes. <laughs> See, I told you, it's shaken down, running over. Yes, it's shaken up. So next Sunday, we vote on the budget, and, uh, and then the Sunday after that, we have our, no, next Sunday, we have our business meeting, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Just be here. Monica. This Saturday? Okay, is it in the uh, eConnect? Okay, details are in there. This Saturday, Convalescent Ministry. Monica heads that up, so thank you for that. I'm sorry, I didn't, didn't realize that. Anything else that I've forgotten? Hey, Captain, good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Here's our snow, snowbird right here uh, from up in, is it Idaho or Utah? Oh, yeah, of course. That was just a test. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful and thankful for the blessings that you've showered upon us, Lord. We thank you for each person here. Thank you for our visitors and our guests, as well as uh, our members and attenders. Father, we pray your blessings upon us today. May we have, if it's your perfect will, more than just today to be able to serve you. May you give us many uh, years, profitable years of service to you. That's our desire. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.